Hello, this is Doc. This is uh, well, this is Doctor Aka, and this is Tooth Be Toad. Uh, and I have a guest that I've actually been kind of excited about because she motivates me. She motivated me today, uh, and and I want to bring her on to talk about her history, her path through dental school, through dentistry, and she's done everything corporate. She's done private practice, and now she's in public health and seems to really enjoy it. So that's just a little tidbit, a little sneak preview. I want to basically bring in Doctor. Sonia Kumar. What is going on? Hi, how are you doing? How's everything going? Good. Yeah, you're so you're always so like bubbly and lively and I just yeah. I, I need that energy. I need that <laughs> energy today, you know? I try and I do have to say I enjoy listening to your podcast. It keeps me entertained during <laughs> my work drive to and from work. Right, so right. And how far how far do you drive? Back and forth. Um, it takes about 35, 40 minutes in the morning and up to 50 minutes in the afternoon. Oh, my Lord. So, so it's fun to drive. Yeah. So you really, I mean, you're, you're on the road for a while. Yeah. Almost an hour and a half every day. Yep. Wow. I mean, well, hopefully, you know, 30 minutes it has been taken up by a podcast, you know, and, and, and tooth be told. But I wanted to bring you on, not because of your distance of driving, but I wanted to talk about your whole path into dentistry, into working and stuff like that, because we're getting a lot more feedback from people that want to hear these kinds of stories, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm a hundred percent, I mean, like literally so excited for this one because you've done everything. If, 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 I mean, the only thing you haven't done is the prison system. That's exactly. <laughs> you know? So you are truly uh, a jack of all trades or a jacket of all trades, you know? And I wanted to kind of talk to you about that. So let's start with Question I'm, I'm going to start doing now from now on. I think this is something I just want to get people to get, you know, into. But when did you know dentistry is for you? So I had a unique experience. I always wanted to go in the medical field. I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to be a doctor or pharmacist or whatever. So I actually went into dentistry after I graduated college. I always liked artwork, drawing, painting, working with my hands. So my dentist actually told me to look into dentistry and shadow him because it combines artwork and science, which I love both. So I just started shadowing and realized that it's fun and it's something I wanted to do. Okay. And and I mean, I know this, but give us the background. What school did you go to? You know, when did you graduate? (laughs) When did you, where did you move to? Alrighty, so I went to um, Wake Forest University for undergrad, and then I took about three, four years off, and then I went to University of Pittsburgh Dental School, where you went. Right. And then after that, I did a one-year GPR at East Carolina University in the hospital. So yeah, and then I moved back home to Charlotte, North Carolina, so I've been working here ever since. All right, so Charlotte, tell me a little bit about Charlotte. Is it as hot as Texas? Like Houston. It is pretty hot. I don't know. I've never actually been to Texas. You it's don't on my come list. Here. It's okay. <laughs> you don't want to come here. There's nothing exciting here. You know, but yeah, it's, it's pretty humid, yeah. humid and hot, oh, especially in the summer. So, so, le- so you did a GPR, which is, I honestly did a GPR myself, and I think mm-hmm. every single dentist should do a D- GPR. I don't think dental school prepares you enough. So, talk oh, to I me agree. about why you chose to go that route. Exactly what you said. I graduated dental school and I felt like I was not equipped to start working for anybody. I didn't feel confident um, in a lot of areas. So I decided to just go get further education. And I like the GPR because you learn more about medically complex patients and how to handle different types of patients. And I learned how to do extractions pretty well. So it was a good stepping stone just to get my confidence up and my skills up. Okay. So for me, when I was um, at the VA, I was at the GPR at the VA hospital in Pittsburgh, one thing that I 
ran into, and I think you might have even heard me talk about this before, was as a minority, you have to deal with a lot more than your other counterparts. You know what I mean? So tell me as a, a minority woman as well, right? Because, I mean, dentistry was a good old boys club. It really yeah. was. There was a lot of guys and a few ladies that, you know, made a made their footprint. Um, mm-hmm. But right now it's about 50-50 graduating from school. Mm-hmm. So as a minority and as a woman, please tell me, give me the, how did, how was it for you? How was dentistry for you? How was dentistry for you? Um, you know, it's a challenge. I do feel, as other women have said in this profession, you do have to kind of prove yourself more. Because right off the bat, some patients are very respectful and gracious. A lot of others, I walk into the room and they're like, oh, where's the dentist? Right. And I'm like, oh, it's me. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm female. I look young. You do. Which you is look a very young. Thing. Yes, you look very. I mean, people are probably thinking, "Oh, where? Why do I have this like eighteen-year-old in my?" Oh yeah. You know, about they to do think work I'm in high school or like undergrad. Right. Um, I'm a lot older than I look, but you know, it's a bad thing when it comes to work because you need people to trust you. So you know, I do run into that situation a lot. Okay. I do find that. It's interesting because I find that a lot of females and other female minorities question me in comparison really? to a lot of the men. So I thought that was pretty interesting. What do you mean they question you? Like they basically try to doubt your skillfulness? They t- try to doubt your professionalism? What, did they, what do you mean? I can tell like whenever I tell them what treatment they need, the way that they look at me is, oh, like, are you sure? Like I could just kind of see the skepticism. So this is the um, patience. In their eyes. This is a female minority patient's questioning yeah. y- your treatment, but yeah. you've never seen that with the males. Yeah, I don't see it very often with the males, I which see. is really interesting. We have a big um, Hispanic population that we work on. Um, I've also tempted a lot of offices with a lot of Asian people. And it's funny because a lot of times with those females, I kind of see like, oh, are you sure that's what I need? Or are you sure I need a crown? Are you sure I need SRPs? You know, it's just kind of like they're second guessing me wow okay well so let's rewind then i i, I always jump ahead I, as you can mm-hmm. tell i'm not professionally trained interviewer i just i just i just go with whatever we talk about right um mm-hmm. but let's talk about so you got out of school you yes. went into gpr you know mm-hmm. uh general practice residency which i think everybody should do i'm going to say that again then yes. you went where what was next um, so then I decided I wanted to work on kids. I really always enjoy working on kids. So I got a job near Asheville, North Carolina. So rural Western North Carolina, um, working for basically all Medicaid practice and kids. So that was your um, first job. That was my first job out of okay. school. How was that? Um, and it was interesting. So the boss, our boss, she would book six patients per hour for restorative work. Um, granted, these were kids, but for me and one other dentist, she would give us six patients an hour. So it was a really, really fast-paced Well, let's, let's put that into perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's put that into perspective. So with me as a periodontist, I see maybe one, maybe two people an hour, depending on what treatment I'm doing. Yes. But mostly two. I mean, I might even get up to three if I'm mm-hmm. just doing consultations and stuff like that. You're mm-hmm. telling me that you see double that. And yes. on top of that, you are seeing kids who, I, to me personally, whenever I see a kid, that's a whole hour. I, I have to sit down. I have to talk to mm-hmm. them, get them to relax. You're telling me yeah. you're seeing six kids that you they need, they need work. Yes. 
in one hour. So it was for me and one other dentist. So the other dentist often would see two of the kids and then I would see four per hour. So why did so, she see less than you? I guess she just took her time, which in retrospect thinking she was actually smart because she took her time. Uh, me, I just looked at the schedule and I was like, I got to go as fast as I can. So I would see at least three to four patients per hour for kids. And did you feel like this uh, person that owned the, the, the dental office, did you feel like she was being greedy? Um, Yes, I did. Okay. I did. Yeah, because I mean, if you didn't say it, I was going to say it. Oh, yes. (laughs) Okay. And come to find out, I found out later that she got um, in trouble for Medicaid fraud in another city um, and had to pay fines on that and had her license suspended. So, you know, lesson learned. Always Google somebody that you're going to be working for. (laughs) Especially with kids. I mean, that's just crazy. We hear so many bad stories about Mm -hmm. kids in the news that you would think that people would get their act together and realize that, hey, no matter who they are, kids or adults, you want to treat them correctly. Yes, wow. I agree. So how long did you stay there? Um, I stayed there about five or six months. So I did probably over 500 amalgam fillings, and I probably had maybe 16 or 17 fall out. So she would kind of bring me into her office and say, you know, why are your fillings falling out? And I was like, well, this is my first job out of school. Um, the schedule is too, too much for me. And so she would try to you know, calm the schedule down a little bit for maybe two weeks and then she'd bump it back up. Okay, so let so. me let me just let me summarize that real quick. So you're telling me <laughs> you did about five hundred fillings and only what, fifteen, sixteen fell out? Yeah, I thought so, it was a pretty good track record. That's actually a good ratio. <laughs> it really is. But My first job. <laughs> but see the funny thing is you're upset about it because of the fact that you shouldn't have it, I mean you, you you don't want any of that to fall out. Yes. Right? I- and and then the nerve for that lady to come and say, oh, by the way, why is your stuff falling out? What's going yeah. on? Yeah, I, I can guarantee she didn't critique herself just the same. No. Right? You I mean, know. Medical fraud lady over here. I agree. And I was actually, you know, I really wanted guidance. You know, coming out of school, your first job, you want someone to kind of take you under your wing, teach you and help you. And so I just found she she was not like that at all. So we, it was kind of a mutual agreement for me to leave. Okay. And so we ended on good terms, but I just told her, you know, this is not the right fit for me. And she agreed. So so then the next step. Next step. Moved yes. back to Charlotte. Okay. And I joined corporate dentistry because okay. obviously it's easy to get a job there. So I worked at about two different offices in this corporate practice. And I was the only dentist in the office, at least for the first six to eight months. So, so again, still- I was looking for guidance and didn't get it. So it was kind of the blind leading the blind, you know. It was okay to work for, but they were really, really focused on production. Every morning we'd have a huddle saying, you know, how much money I was supposed to make, how much money the hygienist was supposed to make. Um, and there were a lot of gaps in my schedule. I think they had trouble filling it. So whenever I had an emergency patient, they'd be like, okay, Dr. Kumar, try to do a crown today. You have an emergency. <laughs> so wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> so before the patient even sat down for x-rays or anything, yeah, they were saying, hey, by the way, this needs to be a crown. Yeah, well, they would just tell me to try to do a crown. And I was like, you know what? Like, if the patient needs a crown, I'll do it. If they don't, I'm not going to do it. Wow. <laughs> so you went from a lady who basically said kids don't matter. Uh, let's yeah. just get them in and out. Uh, see as many as we can to now a uh, corporation that's basically saying people don't matter. Let's just yeah. try to get what we possibly can from their insurance or from them. 
Yes. Wow. Exactly. Let, let's go. I want to go back again. I keep doing this, Steve, but I want to go back. I want to mm-hmm. go back to when you were in dental school. Mm-hmm. How many fill-ins, crowns, and stuff did you do? Because I want people to understand what uh, change in dental school and and private practice or you know work environment. The difference between. Well, I believe we had to do about ninety-seven fillings. So and, uh, 90, 96 was in a span of two years. Yes. Um. Yeah. Like it's two to three when you're in clinic. Right. And 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 then you came out five months. You did five hundred. Yes. It's a big yes. difference right there. Yeah. Okay. What about crowns? Because we talked about crowns. Oh, so for my class, they bumped our our requirements down. So we only had to do six crowns to graduate. Down. Yeah. Because so it used to be twelve, and I guess we were having trouble finding patients. So six crowns. So I, I hope people are listening to this because this yeah. is exactly why I say everybody should go to a residency because mm-hmm. they bumped it down. They didn't say, "Oh, let's go ahead and make sure you're competent enough." They said, yeah. "Let's make sure you graduate." And yes. so they bumped it down because I know when I graduated, I had thirteen that they re- required for us. Yeah, so that's what half, I remember with your class. and that was two thousand nine. And you graduated mm-hmm. when? 2014, I 2014. graduated. So in five years, they basically said, listen, we're not getting what we need. <laughs> Let's just get yeah. these guys out of here. Yes. Wow. And I can guarantee when you were in your practice, you did probably five in like two weeks. Oh, yeah. They wanted me to do six crowns in one sitting. Okay. In corporate <laughs> dentistry, they kept pushing crowns six through 11. Wow. <laughs> So I think I did that once, and I was like, "Never again, never." Oh my goodness! So basically, it was just crowns, crowns, crowns. Because that's the that's the that's the money maker right there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And did you feel like you know talking to your friends that also graduated with you? Did you feel like that's that was kind of where you were leading, you were heading? Huh? You basically, yeah. They all feel the same way. Yeah, a lot of my friends actually were on their fourth or fifth job now. Like, it's so hard to find the right fit or else they would work for private practice and not agree with the treatment plans that the owner, dentist, would push on them. So I feel like ethics does have a lot to play in dentistry. Let's talk about that then. Yeah. You know, we had a previous podcast. I think it was the one just before yours is going to come through. Uh, Mm -hmm. But they talked about corporations and how bad they were right and mm-hmm. how private practice was, was for them yeah now you're basically saying you have friends who say private practice sucks too yeah it just depends who you work for and where you are and right. how your treatment plans align you know some dentists are more aggressive in their treatment plans i'm more conservative um i like to watch a lot of things if they're very small cavities others want to drill so you know it's just i feel like dentistry you know has a big part because if you tell a patient they need to have a cavity, you know, they don't really know. Right. They just kind of go on your word. Yes. So a lot of it is, are you able to sleep at night? Because some of these, I've, you know, I've tempted at a lot of practices. We can go through what my next job was soon. Oh, we will. But <laughs> I've seen a lot of different practices and I just see so many shady, shady things going on. <laughs> right. Right. And then that's it. Right. Uh, yeah. One thing that I, I want people to understand is our patients trust us. They yeah. trust us to basically be honest with them. And mm-hmm. what you said was actually very poignant right there. You basically said, hey, if the cavity is small enough, we know based on literature, based on research, that mm-hmm. it can actually reverse itself with fluoride treatments, with proper mm-hmm. brushing. You know, we, we know that, right? It can remineralize. Yeah. You don't always need to get a fill-in if the mm-hmm. cavity is small enough to reverse itself. Yes. Right? 
And then it, when it gets to a certain point, you have no choice. You have to fill that cavity. You have to get mm-hmm. rid of the cavity and put a filling in there. But a lot of people just go, oh, well, I see a cavity. I have to fill it. Yes. And this actually holds true with corporate, private practice. It seems like it, it's just based on the the, patient, uh, the, the dentist, correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, so then again, people, you can take it for what it is. We're here to try to, you know, Dr. Kumar and I are here to basically try to educate you, try to tell her truth, tell her story, and you can listen to it and then hope, again, we're getting something out of this. We really yeah. are, you know, we, we're not, I'm not biased. I'm not, you know, sponsored by anybody. I refuse to be sponsored by anybody because I would honestly lose my sponsorship within a day. Because <laughs> I'll talk yeah. bad about whatever. I don't care. I'm here to tell the truth and just focus on that. You mm-hmm. know. So then, so you basically worked with um, the next person, and it just yes. how long? Did, how long was that? That that. Um, I was there about a year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. I actually switched offices within the same corporate company, um, and that was an entirely new ownership. Um, I found a lot of micromanaging there. They basically told me it was uh, my fault if the patients didn't come back for their dental work because I failed to convince the patient that they needed treatment. (laughs) So I felt like they wanted, you know, I was like, I didn't do dentistry to be like a car salesman. I mean, I consider myself like a doctor. Like if you have a broken or if you need heart surgery and you have to get it, that's it. You know, why do I need to convince you that you need heart surgery? So same thing. Um, I just got very, very frustrated and I, the schedule was not, schedule wasn't packed enough for me. So, you know, I would be sitting around twiddling my thumbs a lot and then it was my fault if, you know, I didn't have patience because I didn't convince them. So you're about what? I'm going to say two years out of school. Two years out. Right? At the time, you're about two years out of school. You have student loans, right? Oh, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have to pay for that. And then on top of that, you're sitting around saying, hey, guys, where's the, where are the patients? Right. Aren't you supposed to be advertising for patients? And then they turn around and say, well, it's kind of your fault because you didn't sell that enough or you didn't convince that patient to come and spend more money, even if it's needed or not. It's kind of your fault. So, yeah. So, so we basically hate you and it's your fault. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Pretty okay. much. Okay. So I ended up leaving. That was another mutual, like, I'm going to leave. You don't want me. So I'm just going to move on. Um, so then I ended up working for two different private practice offices. And these owners were actually very nice, very ethical. They were excellent dentists, did a lot of high-end dentistry implants, molar root canals, um, this and that. So I actually did learn a lot, but again, it was the same thing. Um, They were not busy enough for me. So I found that I was making as much money as the dental hygienist. (laughs) And I started asking myself, you know, why did I do dentistry if I'm not even making that much money? To pay your student loans off and everything. Yes. And then no benefits, nothing. Well, we, I mean, we know that, uh, health insurance is, is, I mean, that's right there is going to kick your butt easily. Oh, yes. You know? Um, Mm -hmm. so, so then you said, okay, I'm guessing you also had another mutual separation because <laughs> you seem to you just don't irritate anybody you just like me i'd have been like f you i'm leaving <laughs> you know yeah well i'll make I sure i anger everybody <laughs> so, oh you quit they wanted me to stay i stayed so i had um two part-time jobs two different private practices and then i would temp as well 
Um, so it was interesting. I got to see a lot of different offices throughout Charlotte, which was nice. But yeah, they, I think they more so wanted me, you know, they told me when I first started, you know, your schedule will get busier and then you'll move on to full time. And that just never happened for some reason. And I don't know if it's because, you know, I don't do molar root canals. I don't do braces. I don't do implants. So I wonder if I had, um, learned how to do all those if I would have been busy or not. Um, but I, again, I was twiddling my thumbs a lot. Um, I would cover whenever they went on vacation. I would be there. So let's, let's talk about that then. When it comes to super dentists, right? That's what I like to call them, super dentists. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's at one point before I went into perio, uh, that's what I was. That's what I want. I, at least in my mind, that's what I was. I yes. could do any and everything. That's what I wanted to do. And uh, I had a you know good friend of mine, Doctor um, Kyle Dumpert. He was on here, and I'm oh yeah, I know Kyle. You know Kyle. He was on here a few uh, episodes ago, and he basically said, you know, he's he's taking a lot of courses, he's taking a lot of CEs. But the mm-hmm. one thing he also said was, well, I also have specialists, so I refer out to them, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of dentists want to keep everything in because guess what? That's more money. That's more money. That's more money, right? Oh yes, I agree. Do you find that to be a big problem in dentistry right now? Greed. Um, I, you know, I do and I don't. Okay, um, go ahead. First, the bosses that I worked for, the dentists I worked for in the private practice, they were actually very, very good. You know, they have their FAGD degree, which means they've done countless numbers of CE. Right, so they're um, fellows. Yes, right. and they're all, they're still always going to CE. Um, so they are actually very good. You know, I would trust them to work on my teeth. They actually do. Um, but it depends. Other dentists will go for one weekend. You know, like you said, they'll go for implant course for one weekend and then start placing them. So right. you know, you just kind of have to see. Um, how well trained they are, how confident they are. Um, but I also find, found it very hard. I was like, I wanted to get better at, you know, basic bread and butter dentistry, of my course. crowns, my fillings, yeah. even going, doing IA blocks. I would go maybe four or five days without doing an IA block. Right. So for me, I was like, well, do I want to spend 2000 3000 plus dollars on an Invisalign course or do I want to pay my student loans? Right. <laughs> you know, for right. me, it was very difficult. I wanted to specialize and do all these extra high-end dental procedures, but then I was like, you know, I'm barely getting paid as it is. Right. I want to get better basic dentistry. So for me, it was tough, but I do, I do agree a lot of dentists want to keep everything in house i think got you <laughs> wow and and you know i don't want to be a jerk i mean some people call me that no matter what i do uh, <laughs> but for me i think if you do the right way right like i said kyle he's taking the time your your previous bosses yeah. they've taken the time to understand right yeah. and that's all i ask like if somebody is going to do something Find out, and this is for the patients, and I hope you agree with this, is find out what that person is capable of doing. If it's your dentist, you can say, you can question your dentist. I love, yes. I love it when patients question me. I don't care. I'm like, go get a second opinion, and when you come back and you realize that I'm right, then you can come back to me, or you can be embarrassed and go somewhere. I don't care. Oh, yes, you know I agree. I mean? <laughs> but in the end, I want to make sure that people understand what I'm about to do that they're on board and that I'm not selling anything to them. I refuse to sell anything. I'm not good at selling stuff. I'm good at telling you what you have wrong. And yeah. then it's up to you to do whatever you want to do. I don't care. It's not my body. I say that a lot. You know, I'm always like, it's not my body. Oh, yes, I agree. You I'm know? right there with you. I don't care enough to <laughs> convince you of anything. 
So mm-hmm. you worked in the private practice. These two people you worked for, you just weren't busy again, right? No. So then, then what? <laughs> so <laughs> then, you know, you know, it came to the point where I dreaded going to work every day. I I started to hate doing dentistry. I dreaded going to work. So one of my friends, actually, she's in. She was at Pitt the year below me, but okay. she's from North Carolina. Um, she works for public health, mostly on kids, low income Medicaid. And she told me, Hey, Sonia, like, I know you have a job, but there's an opening if you want to apply. And she always seemed so happy. She loved her job. And every time I saw her, I'd be like, How is she so happy? Like, how does she love dentistry? <laughs> and Aww. so I, I applied because I did have experience with kids. I enjoy working on kids. Um, so I applied and I got the job. Um, and I've been there ever since October. And for finally, for once, I can say that I see myself here. Oh. Like, as long as I, I can, I'd love to stay there. Well, <laughs> wow. Okay. So with public health, mm-hmm. one thing that you can maybe tell us about is what's different between public health dentistry and, mm-hmm. and private practice corporation dentistry? What have you noticed? Because you've now done everything. You are, yeah. you know, again, jacket of all trades. <laughs> you are everywhere. <laughs> You're able to do everything. So what have you noticed d- d- the difference and why are you so excited now? Um, well, first of all, I'm getting paid double what I used to make <laughs> that with, with full benefits, excellent benefits. You're in the state pension plan, which is nice. Um, but more so, I feel like I'm doing good in the community, which is something that I was losing. Um, I was getting really jaded really quickly. So I feel like I'm helping, especially you see so many low income patient population, especially children, a lot of Hispanic population. And so like, I just feel like I'm helping people and doing good in the world. You know, I come home from work and I'm like, okay, today I helped somebody, you know, and especially kids. I love kids. So, you know, it makes dentistry fun again. Um, kids are not jaded. They're right. not, they're just so much easier. They're not jaded by the world. You know, if yeah. they get a cavity, you know, when I had an adult and they, they had bombed out teeth, I was like, well, why haven't you been to the dentist in 10 years? Or, <laughs> or why do you drink soda every day? You know, but on kids, you know, they're innocent. Right. So yeah. it's kind of nice to work on children. And plus they pack the schedule. So I'm really, really busy and I love it because my day goes by fast. Um, and my skills have greatly, greatly improved. Well, okay, so let's look at that. You said they packed the schedule. Mm-hmm. Is it as packed as it was when you were with the first? Doctor? No, it's not like the first one. Okay. So, so I see about time. maybe 25, give or minus a few patients a day. Okay. So it's still busy, but it's at a pace that I can manage. Yeah. Um, and I have more say in my schedule. If I want more time, they can give me more time. If I want less time. But I do see about two, two or three patients an hour. But it's more staggered, which is good. Wow. Okay. And and who actually qualifies to go to this public health uh location? Like what 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 are the kind of patients? Are they patients that are low income patients? Uh, can anybody come to your clinic? Um actually anybody can go, but mostly it's Medicaid. So mostly Medicaid and mostly children, although we do see some adults. 
So I think you do have to meet a certain income level, I think. But we are open to everybody, which is nice. Um, and I do like that we see adults as well because I didn't want to lose any of my skills and, you know, seeing adults. Um, but there are some procedures that we don't do. So we basically only do, you know, cleanings, deep cleanings, um, extractions, fillings, pulpotomy, stainless steel crowns. So everything else we kind of refer out. Oh, okay. And you guys don't have specialists or anybody that comes in? Do you have a pediatric dentist in-house? We don't have any in-house, but we do refer a lot. Okay. So I do refer a lot to endodontists, even periodontists, although Medicaid doesn't really cover much. No. But I have given a few referrals there. I'll re- still refer to the oral surgeon, pediatric dentist. Right. So it's kind of nice. I'm really able to um, hone in on my basic uh, dentistry skills and... And feel good about myself. Okay. <laughs> so now you're talking to a student that's in, in school right now, right? Mm-hmm. Let's get past the, pa- the, the part that uh, dental schools are just a, a way of just getting harassed and bullied. Let's get past that, right? So these students are in there. They're feeling good about life because they're not jaded yet, right? You said that. You became you started becoming jaded. Yes. Right? When you were in the corporate, when you were in the private practice, and now you found your calling. Mm-hmm. What do you tell these kids when they're in school? How do they make sure that they find their calling at a faster rate than you did? Um, You know, that's kind of hard to say. I would just say, you know, I don't really regret my journey. You know, I tried private practice. I tried corporate. I just say get out and do it. You know, some people are lucky enough to know exactly, you know, they graduate school and they know they want to open a practice or they know they want to go here, go there. For me, I I didn't know. So I think it's very personal, but just kind of look at yourself and see, you know, what's my personality? What would I enjoy doing? For me, I knew, like, I don't want to open a practice right off the bat. I'm not very bossy. You know, I I don't really want to be in charge of other people. I want to be able to go home and enjoy my life and not worry about work anymore. Um, So I guess just know who you are and know what you do. And it's okay if it takes you a while. Like, not everyone's going to have it easy. Um, But just have go through the journey and process. Okay. Well, let me wrap it up by asking another question. So I asked you, you know, what brought you into dentistry? Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you now, what are the hobbies? What are your hobbies outside of dentistry? What do you do now that you found your balance, right? You're not miserable or jaded. What do you, what what are some of the fun things that dentists do or or yourself? What are the fun things that you do outside of uh, dentistry? Uh, well, I really enjoy cycling, so I go to this um, cycling spinning studio and bar classes, which is like a toning class, okay. hanging out with friends, okay. um, shopping. So for me, you know, it's different because I thought, you know, if I open a practice now, do things. And right. so for me, it's like I spend most of your 20s what, in dental schools trying to be a dentist, studying. I feel like now I can enjoy my life and go through those hobbies again. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have a, do you have a, what is it, a Peloton? Um, I don't, but I just go go to the studio and take classes there. That's I hear the Peloton is good though. That's what I heard. I, I've I've seen the the uh, trucks around on my neighborhood, so I'm always just like, oh, maybe I should get one. But then I realize <laughs> I don't like to spend as much as others do. You yeah, I mean? it's a waste. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for coming on. I I honestly believe that this was probably one of my favorites because of how honest you were. You know, because <laughs> of basically how. 
you explained everything that went on with you. And, and I think pe- somebody is going to be listening and saying, you know what? I actually have been through this. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You just, yes. have, to, you just have to research it, you know? Exactly. Right. We had another one of my friends, Dr. Morgan, who basically works now in the, in the prison system. Mm-hmm. And just like you, she didn't think she would ever get to that point. And now that she's there, that she's like, this is exactly what I wanted. I'm actually giving back to the community, community and I'm actually doing what I want to do. Exactly. It sounds like this is exactly what you have. Yes. That's awesome. Did you have, do you know how to uh, learn Spanish? Um, I have learned a couple phrases. Um, we do have Spanish interpreters, which is really helpful. But yeah, I've picked up quite a few phrases now, which is nice. Nice. Basically all dentistry related. Open your mouth, bite. Close your mouth, but you know, I've I've learned some things. So that's, that's good. That's all there is to it. That's all that matters. Well, yes. again, thank you so much for taking the time to come in and talk to us. I hope to have you back for other topics. Just let me know. This was sure. really this was really awesome. And again, thank you for your honesty. We definitely appreciate you. Of course, and thank you so much for having me. I uh, feel very honored. No, to be. not at all. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.